Hello, and welcome to Making Christ Known, a podcast from Adairsville Baptist Church in Adairsville, Georgia. This podcast features senior pastor Eric Sorrell and his sermons designed to make Christ known in Adairsville and beyond. For more information about Adairsville Baptist Church, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. And now, here's Pastor Eric. My first sermon back after I took my sabbatical, I actually titled it Our Cares and His Consolations. It was based on Psalm 9419. Psalm 9419 is a great verse to memorize. It says this, When the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul. When the cares of my heart are many, when the concerns of my heart and mind are are just many, are multiplied, when anxieties within me are multiplied, your consolations cheer my soul, right? Your your consolations comfort the date of my sabbatical and what the Lord had spoken to me about. But we looked at, at the soul and some of the soul's cares, some of the soul's deepest issues. What are some of your soul's cares? If you really got still... Maybe before the Lord in prayer, maybe out in nature admiring His beauty, and you let the Lord search you and know your your deepest innermost thoughts. As He revealed those to you, what would be some of your soul's deepest cares, concerns, deepest issues? Well, this morning we're going to begin a a brand new sermon series that I'm really just kind of titling Soul Issues or Soul Cares. And so maybe for the next four or five weeks, we'll see how far the Lord leads us in this. Or we're going to address some of the soul's deepest concerns or issues, maybe four or five of them. And so I invite you to come each week. It's a little bit different from the way we normally preach through a a passage verse by verse, but I want us to look topically at some of the soul's issues and what God's Word has to say about them. Issue number one this morning, loneliness. People in Adairsville are lonely. No! Really? Yeah, they are. People are lonely. Our souls are lonely. And the truth is this, is that we need each other. Now there's so many different research statistics that I could bore you with and put those out there, but all the research shows us that loneliness is in fact growing. But your soul already knows this to be true, doesn't it? We're lonely. I ask you that question today. If you thought maybe, maybe you've never even used that word, but if you really got still and if you really looked at the, the cares of your heart, would God bring that to the surface and say, you know what, you really are dealing with loneliness. Well, today we're going to do two things. We're going to, number one, acknowledge loneliness, and then we're going to, number two, address loneliness because that's what God does. First, we just need to acknowledge loneliness. I mean, how many sermons on loneliness have you heard? But God deals with it, right? We're going to acknowledge loneliness. Acknowledge loneliness in our congregation and in our community and maybe in our very own soul. Acknowledge loneliness and then to address loneliness. That was one of the questions that I I dealt with on my sabbatical. Am I lonely and how would I address loneliness in my life, Lord, if that's something going on in my soul, right? Questions are these, will we honestly acknowledge our loneliness? And then secondly, how can we address our feelings of loneliness? 
So we begin this morning with the reality of loneliness. It is real, amen? It is. Loneliness is a real soul issue. But maybe it'd be best to start with a definition of loneliness. What is loneliness? All the great pastors have preached on loneliness, from David Jeremiah to Billy Graham to Charles Stanley. Let me give you a definition of loneliness by Charles Stanley. Loneliness is, can you hear him saying it? And it's, I can't do it, but you know. Loneliness is, what is it? Yeah, yeah. Charles Stanley's definition of loneliness. Loneliness is a separation anxiety brought on by the feelings of being disconnected, out of touch. It is a loss of intimacy or belonging, feeling abandoned, ostracized, and isolated. Okay, right? We, we understand that. Here's the definition of loneliness by a secular researcher. Loneliness happens when the social connections that people want don't match their actual experience of relationships with others. I like that, right? Because we don't all desire the same level of interaction. But what loneliness is, he says, loneliness happens when the social connections that people want or desire don't match their actual experience of relationships with others. Another says this, loneliness is a subjective, unwelcome feeling which results from a mismatch in the quality and quantity. I like that part, that's why I include it. A subjective and unwelcome feeling which results from a mismatch in the quality and quantity of social relationships we have and those we desire. So loneliness is a, a real issue today. I, I mean, I really think it is. I think it's an issue in our community that maybe people just haven't peeled back the layers enough and go, you know what, that really is, that's it. I think that's one of the things in my soul. Feeling lonely might also stem from being isolated, abandoned, rejected, or from grief, but sometimes loneliness stems from none of those things, right? Sometimes it's, it's different. Each person's story of loneliness is different. And the truth is this is that everybody's going to go through loneliness at, at some point in their life, at some time. So loneliness is real and, and God's Word speaks to it. Maybe we should talk next about the types of loneliness. What are some of the types of loneliness? We should note this, that aloneness and loneliness are two different things, right? Aloneness is different from loneliness. Aloneness could be solitude. I did that on sabbatical, and that wasn't a bad thing. That was a good thing. Some of you want to be lonely in that way, right? I want to be uh, alone and, and just in solitude and be able to think, but loneliness is different. Loneliness is a feeling of being cut off. So let me give you what some have called two types of loneliness, and I'll just put them in my words. Two types of loneliness. One, no people present. Two, no intimacy present, right? Two types of loneliness. One, there's no people present. I, I am alone and I am lonely because I'm not around people. But how many of you know you can be around people and still be lonely because there's no intimacy present? So I kind of call it this. There's number one, no one is around lonely. And then number two, no one cares or knows lonely. I'm, I'm, no, I'm number one, I'm no one's around lonely. I just want to be. And then I'm number two, I'm around everybody, but I feel like nobody cares. No, there is nobody really that knows me in my soul, and so I'm no intimacy lonely, I'm, I'm nobody cares lonely. Right? I can feel lonely because I'm isolated, or I can feel lonely because there's no intimate relationship, no connection with those around me. You can be around people and still be lonely. Amen? And some are today. Loneliness does not mean that you don't know lots of people. No. 
Loneliness does not mean that you aren't busy. No, it's, it's deeper than these things. And so I believe, I truly believe, there are many people moving around us at our jobs, at our schools, students, in our churches, in our community groups or our neighborhoods that are lonely inside their soul. Sometimes we may be alone. God may have us in that moment in our life. Uh, Elizabeth Elliot wrote some about that. But the truth is this, is that you may have periods of aloneness, but you never have to stay alone forever. We don't have to always remain alone. David Jeremiah, in one of his sermons on loneliness, said these words, Moments of being alone may not be a choice, but lingering in the house of loneliness is your decision. Man shouldn't linger alone. So it leads us to a key text. Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. If you have your Bible, you can open to Genesis 1 and 2. If you need an ESV Bible, you can have that Bible. It's a gift to us, that black one in front of you. Eventually, we'll be on page number 2. The key text, Genesis 1 and 2. You know Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? And God creates. God speaks creation into being. God creates. And seven times, seven times, God says, it's good. In fact, the seventh time is very good. If you would like, it won't appear on the screen, but if you have your Bible open to Genesis 1, you could go on a journey with me. Genesis 1-4, God saw the light and the light was good. Number 1, <laughs> verse number 10. And God called the dry land earth and the, and the waters that were gathered together. He called the sea and God saw that it was good. Verse 12, the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Verse 18, He gave the lights, right, to rule over the day and the night and to separate the light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. Verse 21, so God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Verse 25, and God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And the seventh time in verse 31, the last verse of chapter 1. God saw everything that He had made, and behold, it was very good. It's good, it's good, it's good, it's good until the seventh time, and it is very good. God creates, and He's the one that gets to decide what is good and bad, not us. Amen? God sees all. He declares. He makes things male and female and according to their kind and He creates everything and He says, and it's good and it's good and it's good. I pronounce this, but the eighth time, seven times it's good, but the eighth time God's going to say and something is not good. What's not good in creation? Well, look at Genesis 2 verse 18. Genesis 2.18 says this, Then the Lord God said, It is not good, not good, that the man should be alone. I'll make a helper, a companion, a partner that is fit for him. It's good. It's good. 
It's good, but there's one thing that's not good, man being alone, so woman is made, and that is... Well, that was your response. <laughs> that was your chance. Man, that was your chance. And that was... It was good. It was good. Whoa, watch out. We're going to get in trouble. It was good. It's good. It's not good for man to be alone. I'll make a helper fit for him, and that's good, right? What's not good? A person being alone forever. God sees, and He says it's not right that Adam would be alone forever. So woman is made. R.C. Sproul said... The first negative judgment we find in Holy Writ, he means in the Bible. The first negative judgment we find in the Bible is a judgment on loneliness. God said it's not good for man to be alone. So what has God done? God acknowledged and then addressed Adam's aloneness or loneliness. God acknowledged it, it's not good. And then he addressed it in a companion will be made. So let's read the text. Look at Genesis 2. Let's get the context, verses 18 through 25. You see God creates on those seven days, every day, right? This is a good, good creation, but there is something not good. Genesis 2, 18. Then the Lord God said, It's not good that the man should be alone. I'll make a helper fit for him. So out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man Adam called every living creature, that was its name. Here you see man having dominion over the animals and dominion over creation. Verse 20, The man gave names to all the livestock, to the birds of the heavens, the beasts of the field. But as for the man, as for Adam, there wasn't found a helper, a companion, a partner that was fit for him. It's not good. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. Notice it wasn't from his head and it wasn't from his foot. It was from his side, many have said. Right? Equal side, not trampled on the feet, not above in the head, just a companion, a partner made from the side. Verse 22, And the rib, the side that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to man. Then the man said, this is at last uh, bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Gives us a little commentary about marriage. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh, ehod flesh. God is ehod. Marriage is to point us to God. It is between a, a man and a woman, and they unite because it's not good for man to be alone. Verse 25, and the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. There was intimacy, complete intimacy. Later on, after the fall, and they sow fig leaves, there will be some intimacy that is broken and lost when sin enters the world. It's not good for man to be alone. God acknowledges it and He addresses it. He knows what's good. He defines what is right. And God sees a need. He sees this need for partnership and companionship. We all need it. Pastor and author Tim Keller says this about Adam. Adam was lonely because he was like God. And therefore, since he was like God, he had to have someone to love, someone to work with, someone to talk to, someone to share with. Loneliness is the one problem you have because you are made in the image of God. 
Adam wasn't lonely because he was imperfect, but because he was perfect. The ache for friends is not the result of sin. You see, God created us as relational people. God Himself in a holy trinity is relational. And He made us for relationships. Loneliness means that that we are made in the image of God, that, that we do need interaction, right? We need someone in our lives. Thought about this. Before Adam was, or excuse me, before woman was created, Adam was no one is around lonely. And then after the fall and sin, Adam was probably at times no one cares lonely, right? Before Eve, number one, no people present lonely. But after sin and the fall, number two, no intimacy present lonely. So we deal with loneliness because God does. Let me give you some examples of loneliness. Here are some modern ones that I came up with as I thought about people in our church community, uh, circles, some modern examples. The person works in an isolated office, cubicle, or now at home. Each lunch alone has little meaningful human interaction, and they're lonely. A person goes home, turns on a digital device, has little interaction with family even while being under the same roof. A person's spouse has died, a person's kids are grown, a person's family lives in another town and they are lonely. A person goes to church, sits among people, but has little meaningful interaction and leaves lonely. A person wants to share deeply, but doesn't know who to share with. A person's going through suffering, sickness, disease, or even death and has few to provide real comfort and tries to go alone. Husbands and wives have lonely marriages. Senior adults feel isolated and lonely with nowhere to go and nothing to do. Single adults feel alone and different from others they know. Teenagers go through the day in a crowd, yet remain lonely on the inside. There are lonely singles, lonely spouses, lonely seniors, lonely students, lonely survivors, lonely strugglers, lonely saints. Would you agree? Do you see? We really are. A lonely society. It's getting worse. It's not getting better. There are a lot of modern examples that we could give. You could think of some of your own. But what about biblical examples? Are there people in the Bible that that went through periods of loneliness? Yes. Yes. Joseph, the book of Genesis did, didn't he? Elijah, David, and Paul all experienced loneliness. Remember Joseph? Joseph experienced loneliness in the pit and then in the prison, didn't he? If you're familiar with the story. Elijah and David felt lonely while on the run and in the cave. Both Elijah and David found themselves in cave moments when they felt all alone. They were both on the run at times for their life. Paul, in the New Testament, was in prison and he felt lonely. Even a guy named He-Man... Struggled with loneliness. Psalm 88. Psalm 88. Do you remember He-Man, the cartoon character of 1983 and 85, that era? He was very strong. But here in the Bible, He-Man is not feeling strong. He-Man is feeling very, very weak, and he's feeling very, very alone. And Psalm 88 is a psalm of the sons of Korah, and it was written by He-Man, I want you to look at a few verses with me. The first one is verse 8. 
It's a very real prayer that he prays to God. It's a sad one at times. He says this, You have caused my companions to shun me. You've made me a horror to them. And I'm shut in so that I cannot escape. Right? Not very He-Man-like. His soul's saying, I don't have any friends and I feel lonely because of my suffering. Verse 14, he says this, O Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? Lord, I'm lonely when I think about friends. I don't have anybody. Verse 8, my companions have shown me. Lord, even you, I feel like at times you're, you're hiding your face from me. Lord, the psalm ends this way in verse 18. You've caused my beloved and my friend to shun me. My companions have become darkness. He man said, my soul feels lonely. Lonely. Let me give you four other people, perhaps, that are dealing with it, if you'd like. Uh, David. David. One is a prayer that he says in Psalm 25. Uh, Psalm 25, verse 16. Turn to me, God. Be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. He goes on to say, The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Please bring me out of my distresses. Here David prays. He says, Lord, I feel this way, lonely. I'm lonely and afflicted. David was an example of a man that dealt with, with aloneness and loneliness. In Psalm 102, this is a, an anonymous psalm, but it's a, a person of one who is pouring out their complaint. It's the prayer of an afflicted one. Psalm 102 verse 7 says this, I lie awake. I'm like a lonely sparrow on the housetop. I'm like a lonely sparrow. Billy Graham preached to a multitude in Denver in 1987. 1987, you know what his sermon title was? Loneliness. Of course, you know he went into the gospel. But in Psalm 102 was his text. This, I lie awake, I'm like a lonely sparrow on the housetop. And as he preached in Denver in 1987 with the big old wide tie, you could take the message and the, some of it and it, it's just still applied to today. It's like he's talking to 2023. David experienced loneliness. Probably the best verse that I think David cries out about loneliness is in Psalm 142. I like Psalm 142. In Psalm 142, David is on the run from Saul. And he finds himself in a cave moment in life, right? And Elijah found the cave moment, and you go through the cave moments too, right? And I've been there, and you've been there. And in Psalm 142, I mean, he prays from the cave. Oh, learn this psalm. It's only seven verses, but man, it's great. When you feel faint, and when you're troubled, and when you have a whole lot going on in your soul. But listen to Psalm 142, verse 4. He's praying to God. And he says, look to the right and see. There is none who takes notice of me. No one who takes notice of me. No refuge remains to me. Here's the key verse. No one cares for my soul. You ever felt that way? 
He was in the dark cave, the despair. He was discouraged. He was disillusioned. He was depressed, but he also was dealing with loneliness in the soul. And he said, no one cares for my soul. I think there are a lot of people in church and even in our community and in our city, that's, that's their prayer. They just don't know how to verbalize it or vocalize it. And they're real pressed. I don't feel like anybody cares for my soul. I don't feel like anybody knows my soul. I am lonely. No one cares for my soul. David felt like nobody was noticing and nobody was nurturing. Nobody's noticing me, and nobody's nurturing me. A lot of people like that today. A lot of us, perhaps. You got He-Man, you got David, and now we could say Solomon, or at least the writer of Ecclesiastes. You can look to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. It's a word from Koaleth, if you will. He says this, For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him who is alone. It's not good for man to be alone. Woe to him who is alone, for when he falls, he has not another to lift him up. Verse 11. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? Right. The next verse, the last one, verse 12. And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. Better than that, Three-fourth cord is not quickly broken. He shows us the benefits right, of a, a companion. Somebody that has another to lift them up and someone that can keep them warm and someone that can join the fight, right? And somebody that can care for our soul. We, we know we need friends, companions, uh, partners that just go deeper than acquaintances. Let's go to a New Testament example. And that's the Apostle Paul. And you'd think, really? At times, yes, uh, he, he certainly showed this in his very last letter, 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4, this is Paul's last letter before he comes out of the Mamertine prison and is beheaded for his faith. It's his last voice to young Timothy. This is what he says in 2 Timothy 4.16. At my first defense, no one came to stand by me. Wow. All deserted me. In my first defense, nobody stood by my side. All deserted me. He's quite gracious. He says, may it not be charged against them. Verse 17, he says, but the Lord stood by me. Amen. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed. Paul in prison even felt alone at times. He said, Demas has forsaken me. All have deserted me. Nobody's with me, but God is God is, right? We see people in Scripture that even dealt with loneliness. But Joseph and Elijah and David and Paul would all cry out to God for help, wouldn't they? They would pray. They wouldn't linger in the house of loneliness alone. Well, let me give you some dangers of loneliness. What, what could be some of the dangers? Research, again, I could bore you with all the stats, but, but research shows that loneliness is dangerous to our health, right? But as Christians, we know that loneliness can be dangerous to our soul, to our, our spiritual life. Loneliness can produce a downward spiral that once you get in that whirlpool going down, it's, it's difficult to overcome, it's difficult to get out of. Loneliness can lead to isolation and it can lead to withdrawal where we even begin to say no to human interaction, no, 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 and we just downward and downward and downward and downward. I'm lonely, so I say no. and I, No, not that I won't go, I'll just self-isolate, I'll withdraw. And then all of a sudden we're in this, how do we get out, right? 
How do we ever find somebody that we can have as a companion for our soul and we're just we're sucked in? Maybe that happened during the pandemic. I don't know. Now we've got this problem with loneliness. It's a danger. It's hard to get out of. But loneliness can also lead to sin. Could loneliness lead to sin? Maybe. That's a key word as I give you my examples. It might. I'm not saying that it always will in every circumstance. But it might. Maybe. A soul might do, maybe might do anything to not feel lonely. I thought of this. Lonely people might have an affair. Might become an alcoholic. Might be an overspender or overeater. Might be addicted to something like technology, pornography, prescription drugs. Lonely person might even be depressed, might even become suicidal might withdraw and isolate from society and even family. Loneliness is dangerous, isn't it? I can think of examples in ministry. I mean, not even just here, but in, even in other churches where we go, maybe that was the root of that sin. Maybe there was something going on deeper in the soul that just never got acknowledged or addressed and it led to all of a sudden that person, I'm lonely and at home now and so I drink to not feel lonely. Right? I do something stupid as a, as a teenager, as a college student, as a young adult, as a senior adult, to, 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 to fill this void in my soul. We'll look at others right during this series. We'll get to some other... But, but here's one. Maybe I'm trying to fill it in a sinful way. What's the opposite of loneliness? Is there an opposite to loneliness? If there is, what is the opposite of loneliness? I think the opposite of loneliness would be a feeling of companionship. A helper was made for Adam. Companionship, uh, a feeling of connectedness, that you are connected with people. The opposite of loneliness is relationship. It's, it's fellowship, it's connection, it's, it's dependence, it's interaction, intimacy. I believe that's what we ultimately crave, don't we? Intimacy. Intimacy is what our souls crave. What is intimacy? Into me see. Intimacy is into me see. It's when you see into me and I see into you. That's intimacy. It's lacking in our culture, isn't it? It's lacking in our churches. Intimacy, it's what we crave. We want to be seen and we want to be heard and we want to be known and we want to be loved. We want a shared life. Do you want to think the opposite of loneliness is? Or example of when it can be experienced? Church mission trip. Come with me to Nicaragua and to Guatemala. And you won't feel lonely while you're there, will you? One is because you have a shared life. You're doing life together. The screens are put away. This hustle and bustle in the cubicle. We eat together. We sleep. We, 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 we have the same whole schedule. We're with one another. We're talking. We're having fellowship. We're, we have a purpose together. There is this connectedness. And you get something in a Hispanic culture that's missing here. And it's relationship. They know each other. Right? In Africa, it's relational, the culture is. 
They care for one another in a way that, that we do. They don't live isolated lives. They don't go work in the cubicle and then drive home with themselves with the radio or something and get in their house and, and isolate and cut on the screen. That's what we, we are doing it wrong in America. But go to some of these other countries that are still community-based and relational-based. They know that there is this intimacy that they have there. And we have it as, a, as Americans when we go in and we're on mission trip because we're there among it for a little while and we're looking. And I thought about what would you do if somebody knocked on the middle of the, the, or the or excuse me, it knocked on the door at like 8 p.m. at night when the sun's down and all that today? What would you do? Who's at the door? How dare you come to my door when it's dark outside at 8 p.m., right? Look, in, in Africa and in uh, Central America and at these other, that, it's just, look, in the middle of the night, it's still a party, right? You go and you're still moving about. and everything. Nobody would be offended. How dare you knock on my door after dark? I, but we get offended, like, what do, you, what do you want? What do you want, right? But, like, there, there is not this uh, feeling of relationship, community, connectedness. We're losing it in, in America. That's my point. Did God create an answer to loneliness? Yes, He did. And I want us to end by, by looking at that this morning and spend a little more time there. I, I thought about this. You know, the, one, you just pray for your pastor during this series because topical sermons are hard to preach, right? It's not the way it was exactly supposed to be. But I think we're supposed to pastor and, and care for the souls, and I see this in my soul and in yours. But we're going to look... Uh, now, as, as we take the Bible as a whole, and in the New Testament especially as a whole, what were the three aids for loneliness that God created? I believe there are three aids for loneliness. God created an answer. He acknowledges it, He addresses it, and He gives us these aids for loneliness. And perhaps you can see them there on the screen. I've just said the same three things just three different times, three different ways, thinking maybe somehow this will hammer into us. And here are the three aids for loneliness. The gospel, number one. Number two, the church of Jesus Christ. And then number three, the eternal state. Loneliness. What's the aid for loneliness? Number one, the gospel was designed for this. That we wouldn't be alone spiritually and forever. The gospel addresses loneliness. Number two, the church was designed for this. Amen? And then number three, the eternal state and eternity is designed to solve this problem of, of loneliness. Three aids for loneliness, the gospel, the church, and the eternal state. We could say it this way, we're all going to experience loneliness at some point, and even if our society, and even if our culture, and even if today, if, if, if we're dealing with loneliness, number one, loneliness should point us to God. It's the first thing that it should do. It should, it should make us just like it did He-Man and David and the writer of Ecclesiastes and Paul. It should first point us to God where we go, God, I'm lonely in my soul. I don't feel like anybody knows or cares and I'm not around anybody. I don't feel like there's very much intimacy in my life and in my spiritual life. Lord, I'm, I'm, so I'm going to go to you. It points us to God, right? points us to God. Number two, loneliness should point us to God's people. It should point us to go, you know what? I need God's people and I don't isolate and withdraw and it's scary to go to a small group and it's scary to invite somebody to dinner and it, okay because our culture is not like this anymore for right it's scary to do these things but okay it should point me to, to God's people it should point me to church it should point me to community and connectedness number three and it's beautiful loneliness should point us to eternity it should remind us that we're not home yet that there will be a return to Eden Loneliness says, you know what, but it's not always going to be like that for everybody. 
There is going to be a place when loneliness is banished and removed. Perfect relationship with God. Perfect fellowship with each other. Right? No more, no more lonely marriages and no more lonely saints in the church and no more lonely students and no more lonely people taking their life. It's terrible. It's tragic. Eternity, all that goes away because we're at home. Loneliness points to God and God's people and God's eternity. Let's look at them a little more. Number one, what's the aid for loneliness? First, I would tell you this, a relationship with God aids loneliness. A relationship with God is going to aid loneliness. Our personal God is with us. God is personal. Not in Islam, but in true Christianity, yes. God is personal. God wants a real loving relationship with each one of us. Our personal God is with us. We can have intimacy with God, right? Through the Son. We can have intimacy with the Father. And this is a good thing. That's going to aid loneliness. That, that there is a God that knows us and speaks to us. John 14, 21. Listen to the words of Jesus. In John 14, 21. Jesus says, Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to Him. I mean, all in the Gospel of John, Jesus was teaching that, right? You can have intimacy with the Father through the Son, and He loves you, and you can love Him, and you can love me, and I'll show you the Father and the way. And in John's Gospel, we see that a relationship with Father, Son, and Spirit is possible. We can have intimacy with an Almighty God. Blows my mind. Does it blow yours? If not, check your all, right? Go back to worship. Right, God sees you and knows you and you can know Him. How beautiful that is that we can know the Father through the Son. Are you saved? Do you know that to be true? If you are, the truth is this. You really are known and you really are loved. Right? You're never really totally alone. God knows you. He loves you. God in His sovereignty and His providence gives us the Holy Spirit. The truth of the Holy Spirit now means we're never alone. Amen? That you have the Holy Spirit indwelling you shows you that you're never alone. What did Christ Himself say? And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That relationship with God aids loneliness. Hebrews 13.5 says this, For He has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Feeling lonely today? Lonely in your soul? First have that relationship with God and know that that aids what your soul feels. He loves you. He's not leaving you. He's with you. The Holy Spirit is in you. God is with you personally and relationally. It's so important. Number two, we need to see that a relationship with others, a relationship with church, right? The saints of God, a relationship with Christians, Others at church, that aids loneliness. So, seek them and share with them. It's the hard parts where the rubber meets the road, but this, this aids loneliness that God created church. Church is designed, right, to, to, to help remove loneliness. And it's crazy that we sit here with all the power and authority of Scripture and the Word of God and we're still lonely in church. And we all are, okay, at times, right? But it ought not be so. There is a perfect church that's coming. It doesn't have to be this. But first we have to seek others. And then we have to share with others. Right? That some, takes some risk, right? takes some involvement. You really have to seek people out. Right? He who hath friends must show himself friendly. Right? You really have to then share. Right? 
be like Pastor Eric and be an oversharer, right? But, but we, need, we need to share, right? We're not alone, truly. You're not really alone. What do we do? We just desire deeper relationships, more biblical relationships. We want things to go deeper. That's what we, that's what we really want. And that's what Christianity is about in the New Testament, is it not? Deep biblical relationships, all the one another's. Do a Bible study on all the one another's of Scripture. It's, it says we're, we're made to not be lonely, that we can do this for one another, encourage one another, exhort one another, forgive one another, pray for one another, right? I mean, there, there's so many. We need better community. We need better connection. The, the Christian life is a family life, not a private life. Amen? We'll, we'll lose that in America if we're not careful. The, the Christian life is a family life, not a, not a private life, not an individual life. God never called it that way, right? We're created as a family. We're not meant to be so isolated. So we need connection. We need intimacy with others. We need to really be able to get past all the small talk of church that we're so good at and then really be able to, to look into somebody's soul and, and share and have that connection. We need the church. But warning, church attendance, not the answer. Church intimacy is the answer, right? Just come more, that won't do anything for you. You could be here every time the doors are open and you'd still be lonely. What, what church attendance, not the answer, right? If I just go, no, no, that, small part maybe. But the, but the real thing is being in a place where we can be intimate, have involvement, have interaction. So first, do go. Do attend the meetings, Go, attend, and then you have to do the same. You have to speak, and you have to share. And we have to look for ways as a Daresville Baptist to say, we're not going to get caught up in this culture of small talk. Let's, let's really go deeper. You ask. Really ask somebody next time they say, how you doing? Or really give the answer next time they say, how you doing? Or get, go deeper. It's okay. People, you're actually all looking for it. We're just afraid to say it, right? I'm saying it for us, right? Go, attend, speak, share, do something, do something, be friendly. Do dinner groups. Maybe we need to do this. I was talking with some members. about. Maybe we, need, we just need to do dinner groups of three and say, all right, we're going to have sign-ups and three couples are going to sign up and do dinner. And then we'll change it. Next time you do it with a different, right? Dinner for three dinner, or couples, right? Do it. At, go pick something out and say, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to make dinner for three groups and just we're going to keep doing this and get to know each other. One author talks about getting the fire pit, right, and just putting it out. Okay, we're having different people over. And I don't know what it looks like, right, but do something. What one great way is Sunday school or small groups, but we also have to allow small group time to happen, right? It still can't be, you know, Pastor Eric getting up, lecture, blah, 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 right? I mean, it's, it still has to be somewhere where it's Wednesday night, right? Or, a, or that's a small time for our church or, or a small group where you, where you can be known. Or maybe, it's, maybe some of you need to start small groups, right? I can't, right? But you can. So what can I do? You can start a small group. You can start a dinner thing where you can help get us together with, with each other and we can start doing interaction. That's when the church is at its best. A relationship with God will aid your loneliness. A relationship with the church, others, and, and a, a good biblical relationship, that, that's the answer to our loneliness. But third one, as we mentioned this, a relationship that's restored and lasts forever aids loneliness. Eternity is this. Eternity is unbroken intimacy with God and His people. What's the eternal state that's coming? Unbroken intimacy with God. Unbroken intimacy with God's people. You see, a soul is immortal. For the soul that's redeemed, loneliness is removed forever. 
But for the unregenerate soul, loneliness lasts forever. Heartbreaking, isn't it? If you have a relationship that's restored, it will be redeemed and loneliness will forever be removed. If not, I encourage you to know Christ Jesus as Savior and Lord. To know that in Him is the forgiveness of sins and His shed blood, right? That He removes the curse, that He removes our penalties. Will you put faith in Christ Jesus today and repent and turn to Him? To him? God understands our loneliness and praise God one day, He destroys it forever. It's not good for man to be alone. So maybe this morning just to end with this, the two G's. Go to God and go to people. <laughs> Easy enough to say, right? Go to God and go to people. That We can do that. Get with God, get with people. Soul issue number one. <laughs> do you hear God speaking to your soul today? Amidst the noise of my voice, what's He saying to you? What's He speaking? What do you hear Him saying? When the cares of our hearts are many, His consolations cheer our soul. Let's pray. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Making Christ Known. We invite you to join us again next time for another sermon from Adairsville Baptist Church. For more information, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to connecting with you again soon.